The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. How's it going, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager and host of Kings of the Rings podcast. And it's time to kick it a little old school and go back in time with the Fretzelmania podcast exclusively here on WrestleAddict Radio The Cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. What is going on, peeps? Welcome to episode 134 of the Fretzelmania podcast. I am the North American treasure, Mr. Fretz. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was time for a change. Time to shake things up a bit. Time for an attitude adjustment or an attitude readjustment, if you will. So, I will be going through bits of the attitude era. Right now, I am starting... In November 1999, going through the rest of the year, going through 2000, and we'll see where we are uh, come the end of that particular story. Tonight, I gotta start with the best wedding in wrestling history, the wedding of Pest and Stephanie McMahon. Surely, no shenanigans are afoot tonight. Stay tuned. There, just had to uh, fix my audio levels there just a little bit. So, when last we met, I wrapped up No Mercy 2003, and that was quite the event, was it? It had its dizzying highs. It had its creamy middles, and then it had Vince McMahon versus Stephanie McMahon in a father versus daughter I quit match. And since I had already reviewed Survivor Series 2003, I thought I had enough of the Ruthless Aggression era. I was going to switch to Attitude Era in the new year anyways. But I really wanted to get a head start and (laughs) start with this angle. The beginning of the McMahon-Helmsley regime. Uh, I'm calling this episode Wedding Hunter. And like the Ruthless Aggression era, I'm still going grapple surfing. So I'm going to grab that remote control and see what else was going on in the world of wrestling. This time, I'm sticking to SmackDown. Sunday Night Heat, and WCW Monday Nitro. There was a lot of other wrestling going on at this point in time. ECW on TNN, for example, when it actually aired. But I'm sticking to these ones. So, let's start off with Sunday Night Heat that was taped 
previous to this episode of Raw, airing on December 5th, 1999. Valvinus beats Prince Albert with the money shot. Paka Michinoku with Shofunaki versus Mark Henry. Uh, Funaki hits Mark with his flag, and Taka kicked him and got the upset win. Uh, random website here I'm looking up for it. The wedding is recapped from Ra. Uh, the Godfather versus the Big Boss Man. Boss Man with a distraction spot with Prince Albert gets the win. The wedding part two. And finally, the Mean Street Posse versus the APA. Of course, the Acolytes are going to pound ass and win. Death Taxes, APA win. The Rocks Show Smackdown. That was taped just after this, the night the night after. Smackdown was taped delayed at this point in time, right? So this one airs on December 2nd, 1999, thanks to the SmackdownHotel.com, because of course, we got Viscera beating Kane by Countout, the Dudley Boys beating Edge and Christian, the European champion, the British Bulldog, beats D'Lo Brown via DQ to retain. Chris Jericho beats Mankind. The team of Kurt Angle and Steve Blackman, who are opponents at Armageddon in a couple of weeks, beat the Headbangers. A special challenge match where Rikishi beats Crash Holly. What's the special challenge? Well, I do believe that the Hollies were declaring themselves super heavyweights at this point in time, so it was probably a super heavyweight challenge match. Something that was set up on this very show, The Rock beats Al Snow, and The Big Show and The Hardys beat Degeneration X, represented by X-Pac and The Outlaws, in the main event. Meanwhile, in WCW, on Monday Nitro, on the very same night, November 29th, 1999. For the Tag Team Championship, Creative Control, Gerald and Patrick, that is the Harris Brothers, by the way, beat Booker T and Buff to retain the titles. For the... Am I reading this right? The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship defended on Nitro. Juventud Guerrera beats Jushin Thunder Lager to win the title. Okay. United States Championship match. They are going all out on titles. This must be Title Tuesday, but on Monday, Scott Hall defeats Sid Vicious to retain. In a steel cage match, Jerry only, and yes, I do mean Jerry only of the Misfits, defeats Dr. Death Steve Williams in a solid steel cage. I am not joking. This happened. Oh, look it up. My gosh. WCW World Title No DQ Match. Brett the Hitman Hart, the new WCW champion who was crowned at Mayhem, defeats Meng to retain the title. <laughs> Two people in wrestling you didn't really mess with, uh, especially Meng, like seriously. In a triangle match to determine the number one contender to the WCW title, Chris Benoit beats Sting and Jeff Jarrett. 
there's a lot of results here. Oh, Nitro was three hours. That's why. Holy shnikes, Nitro. Goldberg beat Kevin Nash in a mud wrestling match. Miss Elizabeth versus Rhonda Singh. Bertha Faye in a mud wrestling match with Miss Elizabeth. Ends in a no contest. Huh. Okay. In a block match, what the hell is a block match? Probably something to do with a cinder block. The Wall Brother beats Jerry Flynn. Kurt Henning beats Midnight by disqualification. Midnight, I think, is one of Scott Steiner's freaks. Why this is a match, I don't know. And in a three-way steel cage match. I think this is a three-team match cage match instead of a three-tier cage match. God, I hope so. Bret Hart and Chris Benoit beat Goldberg and Sid and the Outsiders. Okay, so it was a triple threat cage tag team match. Yeah, WCW is definitely getting Russo-fied at this point in time. It's, uh... It's something. It is truly something. Oh, boy. I can't wait to do more grapple surfing with this. Finally, we have Monday Night Raw, November 29th, 1999, from the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California, back when the Staples Center was new. Don't you feel old? That's the same arena where the LA Kings won the Stanley Cup. I think they won two in the 2010s, if I'm not mistaken. We have a match pretty much right away. We hear the Big Show's theme, his pyro, and we have Big Show and Kane, accompanied by Tori, in a tag team match against the Big Boss Man and Viscera, who is coming out to the Ministry theme, despite the fact that this theme, this theme, this stable, died weeks or months ago. The Ministry must live on, because these two men were in the corporate ministry together. So, yeah, we're on the road to Armageddon, and we are learning about matches that are taking place at Armageddon, like Xbox versus Kane. And tonight, of course, is the wedding of Tess and Stephanie McMahon. The King asks JR, do you cry at weddings? JR doesn't answer him. He's like, I cried after mine. Okay, King. A lot of boss man sucks chance because we are currently in the boss man behaving badly story arc. We're mere weeks away from the big show's dad's funeral. Just amazing TV, folks. Just I'm reviewing that, by the way. I'm reviewing that. <laughs> oh, oh boy. I can't wait to get there. Kane hits a flying lariat. And then a bucket hat Xbox interferes with a chair. Hits the X-Factor on Kane on said chair. Viscera gets the big splash on Kane and wins. Corporate ministry for life. Tori tries to uh, admonish X-Pac for this, but he gets spat on and spin kicked. How these two dated after this, I don't know. Oh, spoiler alert. We see a recap of Test proposing to Stephanie on SmackDown. Aww. And backstage, we see an irate British bulldog 
asking Vince McMahon, where's my title shot? And throws a garbage bin across the room that seemingly hits Stephanie. And then we learn over the days that Stephanie has post-concussion syndrome and amnesia, so she doesn't remember who Test is. And by the way, uh, they call Test Andrew, so they're really going for his shoot name here, uh, Andrew Martin. May he rest in peace. And then finally, she relearns her memories, learns to love him again, and then she proposes to Andrew, who says, of course, yes, I will. We then see JR and King in a tux at the announce desk, talking about the rest of the night, talking about Armageddon, and about the wedding. However, Degeneration X make a not-scheduled-according-to-my-script appearance on the show. Triple H, of course, is wearing a corsage on his leather jacket and his backwards leather beanie. What a nice touch. Very classy. Asshole chants rain down because, of course, this is heel degeneration X. Despite the fact we are mere weeks away from run DMC DX. And, oh my gosh, no. That whatever the crap, that reckless intent, whatever that damn rap CD was called. Crash. I said it. Crash. And in the immortal words of Kurt Henning and the West Texas, Texas Rednecks, there's only one thing that I hate, because it's a bunch of crap. I hate rap. Except not really. I mean, I like old school rap. I'm talking stuff made before 2004, okay? Let's be real here. Triple H is uh, cutting a promo here, saying that he is talking directly to Vince McMahon. Vince, you crossed the line and made things personal. This is your fault. I should recap, because I'm right in the middle of the Attitude Era. Now, in 19, late 1999, around September, Stone Cold, Mankind, and Triple H had a triple threat match at SummerSlam. Stone Cold's knees were buggered. Allegedly, he didn't want to do the J-O-B to Triple H on pay-per-view. That's just rumor and innuendo. I'm throwing it out there. And Mankind pinned Austin to win the title. And then Triple H won it the next night on Raw. Triple H had been running rampant on Raw and SmackDown. Pressing the boss and getting under Vince McMahon's skin. This led to a match on SmackDown for the WWE Championship between Vince McMahon and Triple H. Vince McMahon won due to the interference of his former rival and frenemy, Stone Cold Steve Austin. McMahon holds up the title, winner of a six-pack match at Unforgiven, gets the belt. Triple H wins it again. And they've had a rivalry on screen since then. They have a match at Armageddon 1999. That review will be coming probably next month. 
just depends on my schedule and how things how things work out. They show a bit from last week, which you have to look up yourself because I can't do it justice. Regeneration X are hanging out in their limo, having some drinks, probably some doobies, probably some ladies in there. They're hanging out, they're broing out, they're having a good time. Vince McMahon in his rental car, just with a deranged look on his face, drives into them repeatedly. Triple H says that you have I have a TOP against you, a temporary order of protection, a restraining order, where you can't come between 50 feet of me. And then King says Vince can't see 50 feet, or Triple H says that. Yeah, me too. Me too, Hunter. I'm going to recap this uh, road rage incident again, where Vince McMahon repeatedly runs into DX's limo, gets a baseball bat, smashes all the windows, and he's like, we could have been hurt, but luckily we weren't. Oh, we wish you were hurt. Oh, Vince, you will be hurt at Armageddon, and I will pay no penance for my sins against you. Tonight, there will be no wedding. Save that one for later. Put that in your pocket. Put that in your calendar for about 10, 15 minutes from now. Maybe less. Vince McMahon comes out and he says, wait, BX, you need protection from me? You're damn right you do. I will do anything to protect my family. Um... Explain the higher power, Vince. Explain that. It's me, Austin. No. Vince McMahon then says, I'm not doing this impersonation the whole time. It hurts my throat. I'll have your blood on my hands. And at Armageddon, you call yourself the game? Well, game over says, DX, we have a we have a wedding tonight, so I'm gonna make you guys busy tonight. So in classic Vince McMahon fashion, in that very ring, X-Pac and the Outlaws will have a match with Mankind, The Rock, and in a partner of their choosing. And test, you get an early wedding present. A match. With Triple H. And Triple H, you're not invited to this wedding unless you're a member of this family or you've been invited. No one is going to ruin this. Can I tell them? No. Brats, sit down. Okay? And if anyone interferes in this wedding and they are under contract with the WWE, you can Guarantee that I will fire their ass. Backstage, Al Snow is talking to Head, talking trash about The Rock to Head, mocking the people's eyebrow. And it's kind of funny that this little bit with the eyebrow is used, I believe, as Al Snow's um, Titantron in No Mercy although we would be over a year 
away from that game. Our next match is Matt Hardy with Jeff and Terry versus Edge. This is a match that we can see on AEW Collision like within a month, as Adam Copeland had recently debuted for AEW. All power to them. That's awesome. And tonight, Monday Night Raw is brought to you by WrestleMania 2000 for the Nintendo 64, JVC Kaboom, and Radio Shack. Who here actually remembers Radio Shack? There used to be one in uh, the mall where uh, where I grew up. And man, WrestleMania for WrestleMania 2000 for the N64. I can go on for hours about that game. It is the precursor, the prequel to No Mercy. While it's not quite as good, in my mind, it has pretty much the same replay value. It has almost the same creation suite, although it's not nearly as good. I love this game. I played it almost as much as No Mercy, but at least my copy of WrestleMania 2000 still works. No Mercy does not which is why it sits on a mantle on my shelf. And these four men, actually, they are all in AEW. The only one that's not is Terry, but her ex-husband is. So there's the six degrees of separation for AEW right there. We see a recap of the ladder match from No Mercy, where these two classic tag teams were going for the Terry Invitational Tournament. I do not need to tell you what that acronym spells. Matt hits a nice tornado DDT and a leg drop. Edge gets a nice atomic drop and a flying forearm. And for these two, it is staggering to hear the crowd be basically dead for Edge and Matt Hardy. Mind you, this is 1999, and the only thing that the audience is cheering for is boobs. Times never change, I guess. Matt hits a really nice superplex. Edge with a dropkick that takes out the cameraman on the outside. And Jeff Hardy and Christian, respectively, here are basically treating this match as a lumberjack match where they put their opponents back in the ring as soon as they get out of it. And finally, all four men are in the ring together. I thought we were getting a disqualification or a schmoz. But Edge spears Matt for the win. Backstage, we see the bachelor Stephanie's bachelorette party. We are going to see a lot of this damned bachelorette party. A bunch of people, a bunch of actresses, and then Mula and Mae Young. Oh my gosh. You know you're in for a treat when you get Mae Young involved here. Mula, you can take a leave. Or you can leave because she was a... Horrible, terrible person. In the ring, the Intercontinental Champion China is cutting a promo on Chris Jericho ahead of their match at Armageddon. Now, a hammer has been involved in this feud as of late. They also had a match at Survivor Series, if I'm not mistaken, that China won. Is that when China did the Pepsi Plunge? I think it is. So Chris Jericho hit her in the hand with a hammer and then she had a cast around her hand and finally she gained a measure of revenge when Miss Kitty, the cat, who is China's mini-me at this point in time, 
retracts Chris Jericho, allowing China to get a measure of revenge on him and hit him in the head with a hammer. And China then says, you know, about the hammer on the hand incident, I didn't press charges. I wanted to make you suffer myself. So come out here because I think I could beat you with only one hand. Jericho comes out, of course, welcome to Raw is Jericho. He calls China a jacked up mutant. Uh, they were going to have a, a title match tonight, but he says no. Uh, the hammer to the head caused a severe concussion. It made him sick. He was vomiting all the time. He couldn't have Thanksgiving dinner or play with his kids. Man, China, what a jerk. May she rest in peace. And then Chris Jericho is continuing to uh, whine and cry about this. And he was getting a little hot-headed. And China was trying to hew the word hot-headed or something akin to that. Allowing Miss Kitty to uh, blast a fire extinguisher in Chris Jericho's face. Meanwhile, at the bachelorette party, Moolah and Mae Young hire a Cisco lookalike to pour drinks for Stephanie. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, moving on. Austin and Ivory are on TV Guide, despite the fact that Austin is out with um, neck surgery around this time. Our next match is The Godfather versus Steve Muffuggin' Blackman. Oh, here we go. Blackman does not allow ladies of the night at the Muffuggin' Dojo. We see the rotating leg drop by The Godfather, and out of nowhere, Steve Blackman gets the pump kick and just, just wins. Quick nothing match, but if Blackman's getting a win on TV, I'm all for it. Backstage, the APA play poker with the Dudley boys. They're in catering. We don't have the APA office quite yet, but we're getting there. Keeps. We're getting there. Oh, man, the APA segments. I can't wait to get through those. And they ask what beats four aces. Oh, I know. I know. But. Uh, was it the Aces of the, the Eight Aces? What was that TNA theme called? Oh, that's right. The Aces and Eights. That's what this leads to, right? Doesn't it? Is it long-term booking that crosses over to TNA? Only time will tell. And then we see Stephanie's bachelorette party where they start to dance. And it looks pretty tame. Al Snow is backstage begging Mick Foley to be the the third man, not only NWO, but of this tag team. He says how much he hates The Rock. Or sit on that. Our next match is Too Cool with Rikishi versus the Holly Cousins. This is when the Hollies are in their super heavyweight story arc where they combined weigh allegedly over 800 pounds. Oh, I love this. Crash Holly coming out with the scale. And Too Cool and Rikishi are a new trio that are about to get the rocket strapped to them. Give them a month, and they are one of the most over acts in the entire company. So Bob Holly says that we're super heavyweights, and Rikishi here 
has enough ass to eclipse the sun. And his ass has more dimples than a golf ball. He fat shames Rikishi and gets decked for his trouble. We see a very, very, very quick match where Crash Harley gets worked over. He gets a sit-down powerbomb, the worm, the hip-hop drop, and Bob never tagged in and two cool wins. Bob attacks afterwards, but Rikishi gets the belly-to-belly -belly and a suplex, not a, a belly-to-belly -belly suplex and a bonsai on Hardcore Holly to get a measure of revenge. Stephanie's party gets a stripper, and then May Young and the Moolah take him away. Probably to drug him. Or do stuff to him. The WWE Rewind is brought to you by Mech Warrior 3 for the PC, and that is the aforementioned Vince McMahon limo crash. Triple H comes out to the ring for his match with Test, and I have a really, really hot take here. And y'all can come at me for this. I love Motorhead. God bless Lemmy. But my time's better than the game. There, I said it. The referee is a guy in a Vince McMahon mask. And everyone's like, oh, that's totally Vince. Because he wants to prove Triple H on Test's wedding day and give him a wedding present. A victory over Triple H. But the Stooges are backstage in their tuxes saying, hey, Vince, get a load of this. Look at this guy in the ring. He looks like you. But we don't see Vince McMahon. So we are still alluding that Vince McMahon is in the ring officiating this match. Triple, it's all Triple H here with the Harley Race high knee and the knee drop, a sleeper and a DDT. Tess fires back with a doctor bomb and a sidewalk slam. The pump handle is denied. Triple H gets a chair. The ref pulls it away. Triple H gets the knee face buster and does not count the three. So he decks the referee. He tries to take the mask off. But Shane McMahon runs to the ring here. Chair shots Triple H. Tess gets the flying elbow off the top rope. And the totally not Vince McMahon referee, wink, wink, class counts. Tess wins. Stephanie McMahon's party. May and Muba come back. And yeah, they did things to the river. They, they did things. Triple H yells at the Rent-A-Cops, and one of them looks like a bald Mr. Feeney. Michael Cole is in the ring talking about the Gravy Bowl match, and I hit fast forward because it's a segment with Barbara Bush, BB, Deer in the Headlights, very scared in her promo, cannot cut it. Something about ivory and nudity and Seriously, I fast-forwarded this. I, I I could not. Remember when the women's division was this? Yeah. Um, I think we're doing fine now, despite the fact there are short matches on TV. Maybe they're not booked as good, given a lot of screen time, but it's not this, okay? Women's wrestling is fine, although it could be much, 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 much better. The Rent-A-Cops are talking to Vince McMahon and the Stooges, who are his alibi. No, he, he was with us, but he was in the bathroom. Can you smell it? So you think the smell of Vince McMahon's poo is going to wash through, and they're like, okay, I, you know what? 
yeah, that's a Vince Deuce. It's okay. Yeah, you're off the hook. You're fine. You're fine. Val Venus versus Kurt Angle. We are wasting no time with another match here. And Val Venus compares his big Val Boski to Shaquille O'Neal by both having intimidating, sly, uh, intimidating size and, unlike Shaq, his big bald slam dunk scores. Was Shaq on a slump in 1999? I'm not looking this up. But out comes Olympic hero Kurt Angle, who was very new and very green in the company at this point in time. He had still not found his niche. He had still not found his gimmick, but he was starting to cook a little bit right here. And he says, L.A. is a city that lacks integrity. One of the three eyes, folks. One of the three eyes. You cheer for a porn star but you boo an olympic gold medalist what the hell is wrong with you very quick match here that kurt angle wins with the olympic slam after the bulldog distracts val venus hits him with a chair and we go from there we see the groomsmen in test's wedding party are edge and christian delo meat and the hardy boys Backstage again, Al Snow and Mick are arguing. Mick is dissing the Rock's Mr. Spock eyebrow and talking trash about him with the great camera trick and the great comedic foil of the Rock appearing behind him while he is talking trash. Who is this Rudy Pooh? Al? Your name is Al. The Great One, Mankind, teeming with Al. And he is talking directly to Mick here, pretending as if Al Snow is not in the room with him. Great visual gag. Also disrespecting the crap out of Al Snow. Watch wrestlers on Netflix. You won't disrespect Al Snow anymore. Ask Al if he can go to the King's Locker Room and get a dirty jock, a hockey mask, and a hockey stick. And then, of course, you take the hockey take the hockey stick, you stick it sideways and shove up your candy ass. Classic rock. Oh, and smell the rock cooking, because of course. We have the rock and sock and their mystery tag team partner who winds up being Kane against Degeneration X coming up next. The Slam of the Week is brought to you by WrestleMania 2000 for the Nintendo 64. And it is The Rock hitting the people's elbow on Crash Holly to become number one contenders to the tag titles. Kane tonight is pulling double duty. And The Rock in L.A. That sounds like a match made in heaven, if you ask me. Now, this is a very, very quick match. Uh, have a nice day. Mick Foley's first biography was recently released, and it is one of the best wrestling biographies ever made. Straight up, it's a damn good read, even 25 years after the fact. Amazing. There's a sign in the crowd that says, The Rock has come back to me. It's spelled come, by the way. Al is talking to Head backstage, saying that Mick needs my help. And King with the line of the night here. Mick needs Al like a fish needs a bicycle. 
Okay, King, I'll give you that one. That was good. Keels work over Mick. But eventually, the Bronco Buster is reversed into a Socko. The Generation X continue to work over Mick Foley. And The Rock tags in. Kane takes care of X-Pac at ringside, allowing The Rock to hit The Rock Bottom on Mr. Ass. Sorry, The Rock to hit Rock Bottom on Billy Gunn, Mr. Ass, Daddy Ass, whatever you want to call him. Reliving their SummerSlam 99 feud. God, my name is Billy. I just won King of the Ring. There's only one problem. Everyone still thinks I absolutely suck. Phenomenal stuff. And in the middle of the three count on said rock bottom, Al Snow hits Road Dog with head, and Degeneration X win by disqualification. Al Snow eats Spinebuster and a People's Elbow for his troubles. Backstage, APA and the Dudley Boys are drunk. They make fun of Bubba's stutter. And Bubba says, hey, we ain't your enemy. We sure ain't public enemy. And Farouk says, <laughs> yeah, they died. Well, in hindsight, in 2023, Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge are both no longer with us. But seriously, do I need to talk about public enemy in the WWE? Okay. Well, they're a former ECW and WCW tag team act. They rubbed people the wrong way in WWE who had a match on Jacked, I think it was, with the APA who basically took them to wrestlers court on live TV and beat them within an inch of their life on live TV, sending them, sending them back to WCW with their tails between their legs. They didn't have the proper respect, apparently, back then. Wrestlers are weird people. We see the APA, APA and Duds still playing cards again. Six aces of eights. The six aces, what are you talking about then? Of course, they fight. And now, backstage, DX are laughing their butts off. What are they up to? We're finally here, folks. It is time to talk about the wedding of Triple, I mean, Hest and Stephanie McMahon. Helms, excuse me. So everyone walks that aisle. They get in the ring. We hear that wonderfully corny together song that recaps their entire romance that started in the spring of 1999, blossoming into a wonderful relationship, which was almost on the line at SummerSlam 99, where Test defeated Shane in a Love Her or Leave Her match. Test beat Shane, and I guess gained his respect and his blessing to date his sister, despite the fact they're all adults in their late 20s to early 30s. Okay. They're about to say their vows, and we hear a bunch of twats with their air horns. That's going to be a common theme in this era. 
every five seconds. Andrew, do you take Stephanie? He's cut off by Triple H's music. Vince McMahon is visibly pissed. And he's like, hey, Vince, you said no family member can be at this wedding. Well, I think you're going to have to take a look at this. So Triple H is shown driving his rental car through Las Vegas, passing by a bunch of hotels, a couple of rub and tugs, a couple of adult establishments, and calling them out. He then runs into the Little White Chapel. place actually exists. You can actually get married there. It's legit. I think I know people, like wrestling fans, who actually did this. I mean, in 1999, it cost 40 bucks. That's a dream wedding right there, if you ask me. Holy smokes. And then the pastor comes in and says, Oh, hi, you're Triple H. And who are you marrying today? Why, the lovely Stephanie McMahon. You hear the crowd. You you know what's, what's going to happen here. And... Then you see Stephanie's bartender, Mr. Cisco lookalike. Triple H is kind of paying him off. Oh, she was roofied. That's kind of messed up. So he kind of tries to move everything along very, very quickly and does the I do's and murmurs Stephanie's like, Yes, I do. I do, Triple H. And Blah, 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 blah. And they're married. Hey, look at this. You're looking at the new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Now, Vince McMahon, as a member of the immediate family, I think you might have just one question, Dad. It's not that, did we consummate the marriage? It's how many times? And the show cuts off right there with Stephanie McMahon saying that, I hate you. I hate you. I love you. I added that last part in because they would actually date IRL during this storyline. And if you know the backstage scuttlebutt about Triple H in China, Stephanie, and that whole mess. Yeah, it's about to get real interesting real fast. So that'll do it for this first edition of Attitude Readjustment Fretzelmania. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at Fretzelmania, F-R-E-T-Z-L-E, Mania. You can hear this podcast on Wrestle Addict Radio. Say it with me, kids. The cure for the common wrestling podcast. Kings of the Rings. Brace for impact, and he's on a break, but I gotta send my love, my respect to Mr. YLP. Soon, in his time, it'll be time to kick your weekends off in proper YLP fashion whenever you're ready, Zach. I can't wait. So, until then, folks, TTFN, ta-ta for now. Give your stick on the ice. This has been 
a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.